This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr from Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, November 30th, 2021, episode 2819. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, Horse World. It's the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning. And that means we get deep into training, education, and horsey fun with Christy from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Okay, before you all email us, we know it's not the third Tuesday of the month. Um, but this month, the third Tuesday was Thanksgiving and all that. And and you had a little conference to go to. so Just a little one. Yeah. yeah, so we decided to move it back to the fifth Tuesday of the month. So welcome, everybody, to the fifth Tuesday of the month where we normally don't have a show, but now you're privileged to have this show. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, it's good to get to do it with you again, because otherwise we had no show this month. So I'm glad it worked out. I know, and I would not have liked that. And then I would have had to have done a repeat show. And I don't like doing a repeat show. I like new content. Well, we're going to have new content today. Today we have Ann Millman on to tell us about Horse Report Systems, which, you know, I took a look at this company a couple of months ago, and I said right away, this fits your your members need this. This is what it was designed for. I would agree. So we're, we're going to have her on to talk about that. Is it Teddy Frankie? Is it Frank or Frankie? Yes, Frankie. Frankie fills us in on the CHA trail certification, which... I didn't even know you had one, so that's kind of cool. And then Cindy, whose last name I'm not even going to try. What is it? Waslewski? <laughs> yeah, Waslewski. Uh-huh. Very good. Right. From Very Twi- good. Twin, K- Twin Creeks Ranch, say that fast, shares with, with I can't say this, uh, Twin Creeks Ranch. And they're going to talk yes. about what it's like to run a boarding and lesson stable in British Columbia. So that's all coming up on today's show. We have a big show planned for you today. But first, you guys did your CHA International Conference, and it was in Fort Worth. Tell us about it. Was it well attended? What was it? What, you know, Fort Worth. I mean, it's a perfect place yes. for it. Oh, my gosh. So we had it in the stockyards. And for those of you that have not been to the historic stockyards in Fort Worth, it's not Dallas-Fort Worth. It's the historic stockyards. It's a very different feel to it. And everything's walking distance. So the hotel was walking distance from all the restaurants, all the shops, the Coliseum where we had the horse-related activities, Billy Bob's, largest honky-tonk in the world where we had the award ceremony. Everything was walking distance. And I think that's what made it so great. Nobody had to rent a car that flew in. They could just walk everywhere. And the weather of course, in Fort Worth was wonderful. And we just had an amazing time. Live and in person, over 200 of us. It was great. Oh, really? There were 200? That's terrific. Yes. That's actually a good year and a good year. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, Yeah, we've We've been anywhere from 100 up to over 400 when we had our 50th anniversary. But 200 you know, kind of a really good year for us. So we were very happy. And it was so much fun to see everyone. Well, and, and, you know, that part of town, too, is it's a touristy town. So there's so much activity. There's so many restaurants. There's so much to do. Uh, it's really cool. Did they still run the train out of there? 
They do. And that's so easy to take and hop on. Plus, that's the way to get to to and from both airports. And then, of course, the big thing for us that was so exciting is the Longhorns going down Exchange mm-hmm. Avenue twice a day. And Christian Jaworski, my incoming president, so my incoming boss next year, runs the Fort Worth Herd. She's oh, their really? trail boss. Yes. We've had some of their, what are they called? The people, the, the, oh, cowboys. the drovers. drovers. We've had a couple of the drovers on over the years. Oh, they're awesome. And they were so good and did such a good job. And we got to ride the Drover horses in the sessions. Oh, really? Well, they must be. Yes. They're pretty bomb-proof. <laughs> they're pretty broke. Yeah. Pretty darn broke. And for those that don't know, they basically run a herd of uh, uh, steers right down the street. They close the street off, and they run those down the street. And they're the Longhorns, or the ones with the 85-foot horns. Yeah. Pretty much go from uh, take up an entire lane of traffic. Um, and they run up down the street every day, right in the afternoon. They do. And there's a video. Um, if you go on our site, you can see she let them all loose in the Coliseum Arena on the very last day, kind of like at Arabian Nights. They would let them oh, really? loose and they'd roll. Uh huh. And they were playing with each other and going up and down with their heads and sparring with each other. And we were all in shock that no eyes got poked out, nothing. Yeah. They know exactly where their horns are. It's crazy. Wow, I didn't know they let them do that. (laughs) Yeah, only for special things like us, I think, and the fact that Kristen's going to be our president. It was a very special moment that I don't think many people would have gotten to see. No, you don't see that. Usually they try and keep them separated so they don't poke each other's eyes out. Yeah, so So it was really amazing. And the fact that they just, they know exactly how long they are and how wide they are. It's wild. Now, there was a drover we interviewed in February of this year. Um, and his name was Donald Lee, African-American. I wonder if he's still working there. Oh, he's still there. Is he? Yeah. Yes, he's absolutely still there. He was one of the ones that was um, doing the help that day that she let them loose in the arena. Yeah, because he's been there forever, I think. Forever. Yeah, we interviewed him. He was a fun interview. We interviewed him back in February. Very cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Now, tell me, did you have a good steak while you were there? See, I can ask that because you're not Jamie, and I know you're not vegetarian. So, Oh, I am not vegetarian. No, I'm a carnivore (laughs) through and through. No, went to H3 and had the most amazing steak, yes, and it was just delicious. Um, So steaks are a big deal. Yeah, we Very when we were work. there for the HP conference in Dallas, I said that's it. We're skipping the banquet chicken one night and we're going to get steak cuz Oh yeah. Yeah, cuz you have to. It's required. It is required. And it was the best <laughs> steak I've had ever. You can <laughs> so, cut it with a spoon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Crazy. And and uh you know, Mexican down there is pretty good too. So Yeah, it's yeah. it's a foodie place for people that are probably not vegetarian and right. not vegan. Right, exactly. For us it's perfect. That's right. Great place. Now you're also uh needing some help from the listeners. We are. So we are in host site recruitment mode for twenty twenty two. So any of you listening If you have a barn that has at least 10 horses, has an arena outside, inside, or covered, has English and Western tack, we would love to talk to you because we do a variety of different types of certifications, one of those being our equine facility manager certification, our EFM, so nobody gets on a horse. It's all learning and um, demonstrating to us handling. So it's halter, leading, tying, lunging, loading in a trailer, putting a boot on the horse, a poultice wrap on the horse, taking the temp, things like that. 
And then our English Western Instructor Certification, of course, will get on the horses and ride them and do riding lessons on them. Then we also have a trail one that we're going to talk about today if you happen to back up to trail that we also do. We have a vaulting one, a driving one and an Instructors of Riders with Disabilities one. So we do many different types. So if any of those sound like your facility, where you live, where you are, where you board, you might want to talk to your owner, they will get paid to do this for us. So there is money involved. Um, plus, they can get their staff certified for free as part of the deal. So just get on our website and hunt me down. Just go under contact, find me, email, text, call, whatever you need to do, um, or our office in general, and we can share more news, send you more information about how to host a CHA certification. So that's what uh, that's what they get out of it. You know, what do they get out of it? They get the certification. That's the advantage to doing it. So they get money. Oh, so it's okay. like holding any clinic, right? Okay. You're going to get paid. Um, so there is money involved. So we have five is the minimum that can go through a certification and 10 is the maximum. And at five, you break even as a host site with the fees that have to be paid. So the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and 10th person that attend is money for you. And most of our certifications, the host sites will charge in between seven and $950 a person. Mm, so okay. you can do the math. There's some money involved. Yeah. And then you can also, like I said, I was thinking you were going to say $150 a person. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. No, because certifications are five days long. Oh, so right. So we would okay. be at your facility yeah. for 40 hours. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting thing for people to consider, though. Yes, it's it's um, and I'll tell you, we need them in every state because the more we have and province um, around the continent, the more people can get to it easily. Now, if you're by an airport, even a better bonus. I was going to ask, what happens no if problem. they're pretty remote? Because a lot oh, of they our have, listeners yeah, are remote. And that's okay, Glenn. It really is because um, most people will rent a car. Maybe they can even provide a shuttle service where they pick them all up if they fly in right around the same yeah, time. Yeah, renting a car not, ain't cheap anymore. That's for sure. Well, that's true. But there's not that many people to coordinate. Right. You know, if it's only five to eight or ten people, then yeah. maybe they could all fly in at the same time. But yeah, our people have no problem. Our participants flying in. Plus, you get your staff uh, certified if that's something that is of interest to you. Very cool. And and again, how do they contact you to do that? Uh, CHA.horse instead of .com, CHA.horse. Go there, go under contact, find us. There's also a place that says how to host to find out more info, and then you can type in your information and we'll call you back. And I'll put a link to that directly in the show notes too. So okay. uh, you'll Thank be able you to find much. it right there in, the sh in your show notes, right on your podcast player. Well, we're going to get to our, is there anything else before we get to our first guest? I think we're ready to go. All right. So we're going to get to our first guest here. Uh, I did want to remind everybody that we have a full week of shows, and we're going to give you uh, some prizes on Friday. So if you want to get your ads into Horse Radio Network, to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com for really bad ads, this month's prizes are given away on Friday, but you have to get them in by Thursday night, and you will be qualified to win up to $500 worth. Let's get to our first guest. We are so excited about our guest on the show today with Horse Report System. Her name is Ann Millman. Her interest in horses began early. She started taking lessons as a child and was fortunate enough to grow up in Maryland horse country where she belonged to Pony Club. She went fox hunting. She evented and developed a lifelong interest in dressage. After being a working student to an FEI dressage rider, her professional career took her out of horses just for a little bit and into healthcare. But she never lost touch with her passion for horses and many of her closest friends are trainers. 
Anne's professional career has centered on understanding medical errors and improving patient safety, primarily through understanding how teamwork and communication affects care. She used this knowledge to develop Horse Report System, which ensures high-quality care for horses when the horse's whole team is on the same page. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me, Christy. We're so glad you are with us today. So tell us a little bit about where you live right now. So I live in Denver. Um, we made a transition from the East Coast about five years ago, and I live in, in uh, the city of Denver. Um, just a lifestyle choice, and we couldn't be happier. We love it out here. You are very close to me, as a matter of fact, which I think is great. Yes. So we'll actually be able to meet in person one day. Yes, that's exciting. So tell us a little bit more about the idea for Horse Report System and where it came from exactly. Yeah, so um, like you mentioned, uh, you know, my professional career took a real turn from horses, uh, but I still had all these friends who were professional trainers. And I, I realized, you know, when I was a working student back in the late 80s, at the end of the day, there was always... Um, phone calls from owners, you know, wanting to know, you know, what the horse had done that day or what did the vet say or whatever. And, you know, at the end of a long day, it was just a tremendous extra amount of work to do that. Um, So fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years, and I realized um, these friends who had horses in training still were doing that. Still, maybe it was tech tag at that point, um, but it was just this sort of extra work um, and then, you know, in healthcare, we were dragging people, honestly, sort of kicking and screaming into, you know, electronic medical records so the whole team could see what was going on. And, and you know, vets started using electronic records for, but it's mainly for record keeping, for billing what they did for a certain horse. And I thought, you know, this is crazy. Like, we now, especially with our, uh, with smartphones, you know, if I asked you, well, when was your last dentist appointment or when was, you know, when is your next dentist appointment, you'd go to your phone, right? You know, but people in, in barns are still like relying on paper calendars. And so th- there's just a lot of um, uh, sort of rework and, and redundancy that um, I felt could be uh, improved. So um, took some of my learning from healthcare, learning from a lot of friends and their frustrations. And that's how we developed horse report system. That makes so much sense. So tell me, though, is it more for trainers? Is it more for riding instructors? Is it more for barn managers or for the owners and riders themselves? So um, what I like to to describe it as is there are um, a number of barn manager programs on the market. And I think of this as a horse management uh, product. So we really put the horse front and center. Um, It certainly has, you know, care for horses. There are a lot of barn management things there. Um, so it uh, definitely um, it can be used by stable managers. Um, it's, it's interesting how it's being used by different people in sort of different ways. Um, you know, trainer friends um, use it really as a training journal and training log. Um, so, you know, making just quick notes, um, they can dictate them while they're cooling out a horse, you know, about how the horse went, what he did, how he felt. Um, along with putting in the health appointments and the ther- therapy appointments. Um, but then you get a really comprehensive look back when you're scrolling through a calendar to see, you know, the progress a horse has made or plateaus or when you decided to change a piece of equipment and how the horse responded. Um, and it really has cut down on a lot of the text tag 
with owners. And I've heard from owners who say, you know, I feel so much more involved with my horse. I can log in, see what he did, you know, um, on my schedule instead of waiting for a text to come back. Um, so it's, it's, you know, part, part training journal, part, um, some riders are using it as just a, their own sort of journal, uh, you know, to, to, uh, track their own improvement. Um, a friend who's a professional trainer and has, she's not competing her own horses now, but is teaching a lot. So she's invited her students and they, and then when she goes to their farm once a week, she's already logged in and sort of seen what their challenges or whatever have been during the week. So it really is, it streamlines the lessons. She's, you know, on the same page as the rider and they get going. They don't spend the first 10 minutes of the lesson saying, oh, well, then he was really stiff and then this, and then I, you know, she's, she's sort of up to speed. So um, it's, it's an efficiency in that way. So I'm, I'm pleased to see that it's, it's being used in different ways than I had anticipated when I developed it, but um, I think it has enough flexibility that people can use it um, really to suit their needs. So, Anne, I see it from our members' perspective as riding instructors a couple of different ways. First of all, from the way that you just explained, those of us that are traveling instructors, we go from barn to barn, being able to keep up with what that person's done with their horse since the last time we saw that horse or if they trailer into mm-hmm. us. Then I see right. the other side of the coin where so many of us have school horses lots and lots of school horses. And we have so many different instructors that are working with those school horses. And it would be good to have all the instructors type notes in about the school horse so that when we get there that day, we're like, oh, we don't want to use Dandy today because of da 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 da. Or, oh, look, Socks actually made the flying lead change happen and didn't just crossfire in the back. Yay, this is exciting. We're going to move on with him, right? So I see right. it for, for our members' perspectives as riding instructors as both of those things. And I think that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting. I've learned so much about different industries. I mean, I have very much a, a dressage background, um, but, uh, you know, it's now um, I have a client who has a dude ranch and is using it, you know, so like sure. I did not expect that, but it totally makes sense. You know, it was designed very agnostically. Um, you know, it's not discipline specific, and I've been really excited to see how it's used by different disciplines as well. Yeah, very good idea. So what's different about your horse report system than other apps that are already out there? Uh, so first of all, I, I do think it's the focus. It's the way it's designed. It has a very simple and very intuitive dashboard, uh, which lists all the horses. So it's it's horse-centered rather than barn-centered. Um, so I think that's a real differentiator, and we hear that from clients. Oh, this is so much more straightforward to use. Um, it is a web app, so it is not an app that downloads that you download from a store on the internet. Um, anywhere you have a website, you have access to the app. Um, and so the nice part about that is any changes that we make, um, you don't have to, you know, uh, reload, download, or update um, there because it's basically a website. Um, every time you log in or uh, open up, the changes are in there. So uh, that saves people sort of time and frustration from having to update maps. So that does uh, set it apart from the others as well. So quick question, if it's tied to the horse, maybe you answered this already, can you transfer the horse to a different person? Like I sell the horse. Um, Yeah, you sell the horse. Um, You can download, you can print out what he has done, like his records. Um, At this time, um, we do not have the ability to, to transfer the file, but that is uh, in in line for one of the updates. Oh, That's good. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess, if it's horse-centric that yep. you just transfer the horse. Also encourages new people that don't have it yet to get the program. 
That's right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I, I'm always thinking like a marketer for some reason. I don't know. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of your daily life. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you had um, described a little bit about how clients use horse report systems. Can you give us like a specific example? Like, let's say the horse dandy that I mentioned. How would all mm-hmm. the different things work with dandy on your system? Sure. So um, when you uh, would log in, you'd see dandy on your dashboard. Um, and, you know, once his, so he has what we call a profile, you click on his picture, um, and there's all of his important information, his care notes. Um, so if, you know, he only gets wet hay or he needs to be turned out wearing boots or whatever it resides there, um, as well as his health and training history, um, his equipment um, for trainers, you know, if a horse comes in, what did he arrive with? Um, or uh, other people use it as you know, what should he be wearing when he works? What does he wear during turnout, et cetera? Um, and goals and expectations for the horse. Um, and then that's where his photos, his documents, like a Coggins can be uploaded into different tabs and all of his demographic information, uh, registration numbers and emergency contact, that sort of thing. Um, back on the main dashboard, you click on um, add an activity and you have a choice of main activity types to add, the so work health, therapy, competition, uh, breeding, and you can add uh, any of those. So if you clicked on, say, work, you get a drop-down um, and you can optionally select a secondary type of work. If you were in the indoor or you did Cavaletti or you hacked out or whatever it might be, um, and then you can optionally put in um, a description of the work and um, in it goes into his um, uh, activity log. Um, and so over as you build activities with a horse or multiple horses, you can click on the calendar and you get this nice um, overview. Everything is color coded. So you can see anything that's work is color coded blue. Um, therapies are purple. Um, health is, is orange. Um, so you can sort of see, you know, when he um, has different activities, um, very easy search functionality by keyword um, and filtering. So, you know, how many horses uh, when did the farrier come? You know, which horse, if you knew somebody had an abscess, you could type in abscess and it pulls up all the horses who've had an abscess, um, you know, in whatever period of time. So um, <clears throat> it's a, we wanted to provide a really comprehensive overview of both the horse's work and how it ties to his health and his therapies. Um, and so that is uh, what you'd see for Dandy. So um, a number of different ways to look at the work the horse has done or the, his activities um, sort of scroll through very quickly. Um, I like to think of, you know, if you're standing there with a vet and they say, when did we last do X, Y, Z? You know, it's only a couple of clicks and a couple, bit of scrolling and there you go. You've got the answer to whatever it is. Um, so it's, uh, you know, the idea is, is to provide it both training journals, but also a link to, you know, health, health activities and, and therapies um, and how that all really um, affects performance and, and the health of the horse overall. It sounds so helpful. So is this horse report system just for large barns and facilities, or is it helpful for someone that just has a couple of horses? Yeah, so uh, really from all of the above. So it's based on a subscription tier system, and the tiers are based solely on the number of horses. Uh, so there's a what we call a limited tier so really an adult uh, amateur with up to three horses. Um, and so they have all the functionality except for the ability to invite team members. Um, so 
uh, it would just be for them to do all of this, keep photos, keep their uh, health and, and the training appointments and journaling. Um, and then it goes up by number of horses, so up to 10 horses, up to 25, up to 50 or unlimited. And all of those tiers um, include uh, the ability to invite an unlimited number of team members. So team members are other trainers, their business managers, barn managers, um, then grooms and working students, you know, sort of stable staff, and then owners or owner agents. Uh, and the <clears throat> anyone who's in sort of the professional position, so those the trainer, the 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 facility manager, the barn manager, um, they are the ones who can um, make changes to the horse's demographic profiles and such. Um, but anyone else and the stable staff, they can add photos, they can obviously access everything, they can add activities. Uh, and then owners uh, have just read only of everything. Um, so uh, it is um, was trialed at a, a a farm in um, Denmark that had about 200 horses in training and multiple trainers and assistant trainers and working students. And so we sort of made it work with that level of complexity and said, okay, if it, if it works there, it will probably work for the average, you know, with the average stable. So um, I think I have uh, a few clients who have up to about 50 horses and, uh, you know, different levels of staff and, and that sort of thing. And, and it's uh, flexible that way. So yeah, so everyone from a you know private owner to a really quite large facility. We, uh, I might have been the one who begged for the lower level because we have so many. Uh, well, yes, us included. <laughs> I mean, my wife and I included. You know, we just have a couple of horses that we keep at home, and I think that this is also good for backyard horse owners, whether you you know take lessons or not, right? So it's still a way yeah. of keeping track of your horse and and everything that's involved with your horse in a very simple inexpensive easy way. And we have a lot of those kind of listeners that listen to the show. So I'm glad you added yeah. that tier. Yeah, no, thank you. I was glad to have that encouragement from you, Glenn. That was helpful. And uh yeah, I think it I think it totally makes sense. So, Anne, how can folks find out more? Um, what is your website? Are you on social media? How do they hunt you down? Yes. So, we are um, on the web at horsereportsystem, all one word, dot com, uh, and social media, Facebook and Instagram at Horse Report System. So, uh, please find us on social media. We're always happy to do uh, demos, um, free trial, um, get a, sign up for a free one-month trial. More than happy to do that and um, provide zoom support and whatever other support uh we can but uh yeah that's where we are and we'd love to, to love to meet people and, and learn how they're using the system as well well and thank you so much for being on i think i can also see like glenn you know so many different avenues for this um from everyone mm -hmm. that just owns a couple of horses on their property all the way up to like you said that uh, barn that you went to with 200 horses and everyone in between <laughs> yeah. so very good right. job creating this. I think it's going to be very useful for the horse industry. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, and it was super to be on with you. We are so excited to have our next guest on the show today. His name is Teddy Frankie. He's a transplant from Alaska. He is now living in North Central Oregon, where he manages Badger Creek Ranch. The ranch operates as the horsemanship side of Camp Morrow, a Christian camp and conference center. Over the years, he has served in a number of capacities, such as a riding instructor, a 4-H resource leader, a pack guide, and a CHA region a director, a teamster, a trainer, a guest speaker, and others. 
He values versatility and horsemanship and maintains a variety of certifications through us. He not only does our English Western instructor, he also does our pack and trail, our equine facility manager, and our instructors for riders with disabilities. Teddy is very busy on CHA certifications, and he is on a mission to use horses to develop the next generation of leaders. Hi, Teddy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Christy. Thanks for the introduction. Man, you made me tired just listening to all that. <laughs> You've done a lot. You've done a lot. So I've had um, to think back, and it's been a been a while since some of those things happened. But uh, yeah, you know, mostly just trying to avoid getting a real job. I think that's awesome. This is enjoying the horses. And yeah, that's all of us there, Teddy. That's. <laughs> I would agree. It's way better to not have to work for the man, right? Way better to work for ourselves and do all this other stuff we're doing. So uh, tell us a little bit more, Teddy. Start with Alaska, because I think people are very interested, and then tell us a little bit more about Oregon as well. Yeah, well, you know, growing up, uh, my uh, my parents were actually camp directors in Fairbanks, Alaska. And, oh, in the early, late 80s, early 90s, uh, somebody had this old horse that they dropped off on the property, and that was kind of like, the entry level to this whole world of horses for, for our family. And, and it really kind of dovetailed with the camp program nice. And so from the time I was little, I, I remember having to go out and take care of this one horse that then turned into two and four and six. And pretty soon there was this horse program at, uh, at the camp there. And so from a young age, I was really involved. I was the kid that would go down and hang out around the horses. Cause I fed them all winter during the summer instructors would come in and and teach, uh, you know, teach the program. And I was just a kid who hung around and, and bummed rides any chance I could get. And fairly early into that program, we started having CHA instructors uh, be a part of teaching the program because there was a, an understanding that there was a need for some quality instruction. And, and CHA was at the time so involved in the camp horse industry. And so that was my first exposure to CHA, and and I got my level one at the time. It was called elementary uh, rider certification. I want to say I was about 12 years old. So, yeah, it goes back a ways. I think that's awesome. And um, I'll tell you, though, one thing that I didn't even mention that you have done, which I think is fascinating and you're really heavily involved in now, is your farrier school. So tell us more about how that got started, why that got started, and where you're at with it. Yeah, well, you know, having, you know, that background where, you know, from a, a young kid growing up in CHA um, and then being involved in the horse community in just a whole variety of capacities. Uh, one thing that continued to occur for me is no matter where I go, whether it was Oregon, where I live now, or Alaska, or anywhere in between, there's always this need to care for horses. And one of the big things that always comes up is where do you find good hoof care? And you know, the farrier world is full of a lot of different ideas and opinions, just like riding instruction or training or whatever. There's always different ideas and thought processes, and some of them work better than others. And for me, I was looking for a way to keep uh, horses sound that I was using in my riding programs. And so I ended up finding a farrier school that I really uh, was excited about because it, it, took an approach that made sense to me um, and really focused on oh, a lot of pathology, a lot of uh, lameness, trying to, trying to prevent lameness and, and helping horses that, 
that had soundness issues. And so what we run into all the time in our programs is horses that would get navicular or laminitis, which those are kind of the two big major things that uh, that you run into. And I wanted to know how to help those horses. So, so I found this farrier program uh, with Mission Farrier School. And I went through that and learned really kind of three major things. One was horsemanship. The other is is craftsmanship, learning how to use the forge and anvil and, uh, and kind of more the traditional farrier methodology, but then also really learning uh, up-to-date hoof science that helped me understand foot function. And the approach they took was really um, to kind of try and mimic uh, the feral horse, the Mustangs, uh, and how their feet function in a really good environment and try and try and duplicate that, maybe not perfectly, but to some degree in uh in domestic horses so uh over the course of time uh i continued to stay involved with that program and little by little uh ended up coming back going back to that that school uh again after i had already started you know my farrier business and was was doing that uh and eventually went back as an instructor and now um i'm kind of taking over the reins of that program so to speak uh, continuing to instruct and be mentored by Mark Plumley, who's been the owner of that program for 25 years. And Mark is a, a certified farrier, uh, journeyman farrier through the AFA, and uh, as well as a whole pile of other organizations. And he's really um, just been a a good mentor because he's able to bridge the gap between uh, kind of what is considered traditional farrier uh, farrier practices with you know, kind of some other stuff that he's brought in uh, using um, some of the information from organizations like the ELPO, which is out of Colorado, and uh, the feral horse studies that they were they have done in the past, and really kind of making kind of a holistic program. And so I've enjoyed really learning from him and and as well as other sources. So that's that's kind of my farrier journey, and it's ongoing, it's continuing, and. I'm excited to be a part of that program and and help see it continue and see uh, some of the ideas and and methods continue. And one of the unique things about Mission Farrier School is they teach a high degree of horsemanship. And that's something that I am able to bring to the table a little bit as um, kind of the new lead instructor there is uh, teaching farriers to not only know how to shoe horses, uh, understand foot function, and understand how to work with lameness, but also maybe understand how to work with a horse that doesn't want to have their feet handled. And, you know, that's something that, yeah, in order to be a good farrier, you got to be a good horseman. So, you know, we really work on getting our students to use, uh, I would say, more updated approaches to training and working with horses, you know, making the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult, understanding the horse's psychology a little bit, uh, you know, how they think, how they, uh, how they feel about the world around them and how they feel about having their feet picked up. So that's been fun to be a part of and, and kind of dovetail some of my horsemanship background with some of the farrier practices. Well, you definitely don't let any dust settle on you. Um, all of the different things that you do and all the certifications that you do, but I want to focus 
on you being a certifier for our pack and trail program because it would be amazing to get more pack and trail clinics. I think that there's definitely people that want to do them, but they're a little bit hard to sometimes host because you've got to back up right to National Forest or something where you can go out and actually pack. Tell us about the one that you hosted the last couple of years and what you guys actually ate on trail and all those excited adventures that that you had. <laughs> yeah, that's quickly becoming urban legend in some ways. But uh, yeah, you know, these pack and trail clinics or certifications, I could say, uh, they're just a, a hoot because not only do you get a phenomenal opportunity to uh, to earn certification if you're ready for that going through one of these things, but you get a great trip where you like go into the back country. And I always tell people who are interested in participating in these things that, you know, the trip alone is worth uh, whatever it costs to go through the certification, but you add that to all the, the learning that you'll do and the opportunity for certification, like these pack and trail clinics are so underrated. Like they're just one of the coolest things going. And yeah, the trip we did uh, was into um, the Badger Creek wilderness or actually maybe not into the Badger Creek wilderness, but into the White River game management area, kind of right around the, the base of Mount Hood on the east side. And uh, three days on the trail, a couple days uh, of classroom um, kind of around the, the ranch. And we had a whole uh, string of mules, uh, Casey Huffstatter provided, and he was part of that uh, certification process and became uh, a certifier through that that particular trip and uh, had Phil Peterson, Scott DePaulo come down and, and be our certifiers during that that trip as well. And it was a like a rugged trip. Like it was just all kinds of fun. Saw some beautiful country, some wildlife. Um, yeah. And, and so the, the incident Christy was referring to is uh, we were making camp one night in this beautiful meadow. There's a creek running by. The mules are all, you know, tied up on high lines and and we got our cook set up out there and this little rattlesnake wandered into camp and you now he was kind of disturbing the horses so we decided to make a meal out of him and uh, yeah i picked up some rattlesnake for our guests and we had guests kind of from from different places and so that was entertaining for sure i think that's awesome it is definitely one of the best kept entertaining is a word for that yes <laughs> <laughs> So well, good. you know, I've heard in Florida they eat all kinds of stuff like that. So, you know, you'd be right at home. If you Florida's know, weird. Yeah, we do all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> and then what you don't eat is trying to kill you. So there's that. Um. Yeah, yeah, eat or be eaten. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Teddy, tell us what you enjoy most about CHA. And besides, of course, being my boss, because you're on the board, because I know you enjoy that a lot. But anything <laughs> else you enjoy about CHA? <laughs> Well, you know, like I said, I started in CHA as the, the little kid that was trying to bum rides down at the, you know, at the barnyard. And and I've stayed involved with the organization because one, it's so multifaceted. So I can, I can learn about pack and trail. I can learn about dressage. I can learn about uh, Western riding, English riding, you know, and everything in between, you know, driving, equine facility management. There's all kinds of different facets to the program. So, you know, for somebody like me who, does tend to kind of like take the shotgun approach to horsemanship where I, I try a little bit of everything. Um, that has really fit well for me, but not only that, uh, you have learning opportunities from really qualified professionals all across the country. And, you know, whether it's at a conference or a certification, uh, we get together, we share ideas, we network, we communicate, 
And even though we may have a really different approach to how we teach our element of horsemanship, there's always common ground. And that's what this organization really, I think, majors on. And so when you look at the horse industry, it's very fragmented, very divided. And CHA is one of the organizations out there that has done a great job of bringing people together, um, providing a level or a standard of, of doing what we do that, um, that is, it's the common ground. It's the stuff we agree on and saying, Hey, this is, this is what we agree is the right way to do these things. And within that, there's a whole lot of variance based on your style or your discipline or, uh, you know, your thought process around how, you know, how horses operate and function. And, you know, just been a really, a, a big privilege for me to be a part of that community and, you know, get to know lifelong friends who are, you know, really in the same scenario that I am in that they're trying to improve their horsemanship. They're trying to improve their teaching ability um, and, and have that, that drive or that desire to, to chase those things. We can all do it together. Teddy, thank you. I think that was awesome. That's one of the reasons why I think I've been employed by CHA for a really long time too, right? There's been no need to leave because we're constantly doing new things. We're constantly going down new trails. We're constantly blazing a new trail, right? And that's just been super fun. So how can folks find out more about you? Obviously, they can go to our website, CHA.horse, and type in your your name and find you. But what are some other ways that they can find you? Well, a couple different ways. Uh, we're pretty active on YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel called Live Equestrian. Um, that is just kind of an education resource. We also have a website, liveequestrian.net. And uh, so we try to do most of our stuff that's online through Live Equestrian. That's just, just learning and, and teaching through video mostly. Uh, then missionfarrierschool.com is the website for the farrier school. So if somebody's out there listening and they really want to get a first-rate education as a farrier. Uh, most of our students, uh, after they graduate, they go right into uh, developing their own business as farriers, some of them apprentice, uh, some of them chase after certification, some of them don't. And uh, so if you're interested in becoming a farrier, it's, it's really an awesome way to do that. Uh, so missionfarrierschool.org, or I'm sorry, .com is, is that website. And uh, then they can find more about me on frankieequine.com. That's my personal horse training business. And, you know, like uh, like you said, I'm kind of involved in a bunch of different stuff. So that's where they can, can find more information about what I do. And the Mission Farrier School, what was that again? It's missionfarrierschool.com. Or they can just Google Mission Farrier School. Got it. Thank you. Thank you, Teddy, so much for being on today. You have um, a wide variety of things that you've done, and you've definitely lived your life uh, like your site, Live Equestrian. You've definitely done that. So really appreciate you being on today. Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys taking the time to visit. It's always fun to to share about CHA. And and, uh, like you said, I'm on the CHA board, so I'm always uh, looking for opportunities to talk about CHA and share Uh, What a great organization it is with anybody who will listen. We are so excited to have our next guest on the show. This is Cindy Walewski. Cindy and her husband, Steve, own and operate Twin Creeks Ranch, a horse boarding facility, riding lesson program, and urban cattle ranch in Alder Grove, British Columbia. Cindy grew up riding and owning horses in the Bay Area of California, earned a degree in human biology from Stanford, where she was on the gymnastics and ski teams. 
She completed a diploma in Christian studies at Regent and also her certification from the University of British Columbia. And she's a level two gymnastics coach. Cindy continues her love of teaching as a CHA certified instructor as well. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's nice to be here. How are you? Yeah, we're happy you're on today. And you're also, of course, our um, provincial representative for British Columbia. So tell us a little bit more about where exactly you live in BC. Great. Well, we live in Aldergrove, British Columbia. Um, so it's east of Vancouver, for those of you who aren't as familiar with British Columbia. So we're close to the coast and about half an hour, if there's no traffic, to Vancouver. So we are actually in an urban ranch just off the Trans-Canada Highway uh, between two fairly large cities. And how many acres do you have there? Um, we own 30, lease another 50 where we have trails. Um, so we That's have a half awesome. mile sand track and a couple of indoors. So we have a coverall training center, which is a, a 20 meter circle. So 72 by 72, which is great for teaching as well as our main indoor arena and trails in the track and round pen. So tell us, how did you get started in horses as a whole? Oh, I think I was always a horse nut. You know, many, I see many others that do this, you know, reading books, having plastic horses, playing, uh, pretending we're a horse and running around. Um, yeah, so quite a horse nut. Unfortunately, I had grandparents um, who in the summers uh, gave me riding opportunities with little ponies with ponytude, um, and then summer camps, and then owned a horse in the Bay Area of California. So it would have been an area near Palo Alto uh, that I rode. So nicer weather than where I am now in terms of horsemanship, because uh, here it rains a lot. We're in the Pacific Northwest right now. <laughs> I love that Pacific Northwest. That's That's good. It does. And I'll tell you, I have been to British Columbia, but I need to do more up there. I just find it so beautiful mm -hmm. and such a wonderful place. Yeah, so why it is did a beautiful you... area. Oh, I just, I just love it. Um, and I was wondering, why did you choose CHA? Because you guys obviously have Equine Canada there too. So what was, what was the journey there? How did that all come to be? That's a really good question because there are choices when getting certified up here. Equine Canada is a great program. It's based on the British uh, Pony Club system. Its English program is quite good. Um, it's focused a little bit more on the competitive world, and there seemed to be barriers as I was going through the process. So I did get certified as a rider and took courses and started to, and did some of the um, – they have uh, a myriad of different um, hoops to jump through. So not only do you have to get your rider levels, um, you need to have a mentorship through a, a professional that you're, up, you're paying. And um, then you do the National Coaching Certification Program um, theory course, which I had done for gymnastics coaching as well, but it didn't cross over to, to riding. When I looked at CHA, I guess I looked at a program that was really trying to lift up all instructors. So I look at lesson programs I teach, and I would say I teach far more beginners, advanced beginners, than, say, Olympic riders. You know, most people taking lessons are at the entry level, and that's a difficult, um, th that's the most important teaching, I think, that is done, is right at the beginning. 
And uh, I think CHA really shines there. I was really, I was attracted to a very welcoming atmosphere, um, very inclusive instead of, um, I would call almost a union mentality where you're almost keeping people out and creating some barriers. It was very much trying to lift up all instructors, all experience levels and improve. That really appealed to me coming in. I'm, an, I'm a teacher. If you look at my bio online on our website, you'll see I've just taught all my life. So I really like the pedagogy or the way it's um, laid out. Um, there's rubrics and charts. Uh, the manuals for CHA are great, well illustrated, well put together. EC does say that they are a coach-driven program, so the manual is not much of a standalone document. Um, and again, the outcomes are very clear with CHA, so an instructor can almost do a chart. Well, there's a chart they give us for, for testing students, and even when we go through the certification, it's very clearly broken down for safety and various itemized items under safety and horsemanship. Uh, teaching skills are really valued, group control and professionalism. Um, so I, as, a, as an educator, was very attracted to CHA, um, and also a grassroots equipping mentality, multidiscipline, because I grew up writing English and took over Twin Creeks Ranch here in Alder Grove, and we did a lot of um, cow work, um, everything from team cattle panning, sorting, um, um, cutting. And I found the multidiscipline approach and respect and CHA really, um, really heartening for me. So it wasn't very much, it uh, wasn't dividing. So the manual's terrific. It's a worldwide certification body, so I've had a few people approach me with questions, and if they were going to be going down to the States as well as Canada, um, Canada, the EC program, Equine Canada, is Canada-specific. The um, CHA is worldwide, so you can cross borders and still be certified and respected in your, um, in your skill here. Um, so good standards. I found professional development built into CHA, um, very cost-effective value for dollar um, in that you had online learning support. And I go to the conferences whenever possible before COVID. It was uh, basically a getaway for my husband and I because there was a lot of learning, a lot of focus on teaching, various disciplines uh, recovered. Uh, fellowship opportunities and support and fun activities. So I found that was a really great way to develop personally as a teacher because we often teach in isolation. So I, um, yeah, I really found that for the dollar value, it was really good. And it seems to want to make the whole pie bigger and tastier. In other words, often in the equine industry, you see people trying to get a bigger slice of the pie sometimes, and I just felt there was an attitude of let's make the pie bigger. Let's be better instructors. Let's give good value. Let's help each other to teach better, uh, learn how the learner learns, and, and really um, improve one another, and uh, that really appealed to me as a teacher. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for all of that. I would agree, and um, I'm glad that you have joined our ranks. So tell us a little bit more about your 
operation there at Twin Creeks for folks that live by you and might want to find out more. Tell us more about your horseboarding and about everything else that you have going on there. Yeah, it's always, I talk to a lot of people running boarding operations and it can be a bit frustrating because prices have really shot up recently. Um, so yeah, we uh, are able to do things in volume. Um, my husband's great at designing, um, building, um, trying to put together a good facility. So where we are, mud management is a huge thing. So um, here at Twin Creeks Ranch, we have, um, you know, crusher paddocks. So we don't, the hog fuel here can, um, with the wet we have, uh, so mud management's big. And the half mile track uh, needs to be harrowed and maintained. We have three and a half kilometers of trails. Um, we put in beautiful trails with landscape cloth and culverts and then a nice all-weather footing. But we have to clear off branches, um, keep the leaves off, keep it clear. Um, so it's an ongoing operation where our staff actually live on the property. So we're very, very fortunate uh, that our staff live on the property. They walk out the door to feed. Because when you're feeding at 7, noon, 5, and 9, you're turning around and feeding again all the time. And good quality hay that we bring in by the B train load. And with our current situation with fires that we've had um, in Canada, it's been very bad for fires. And uh, almost a drought this past summer. So we've actually put a deposit down for our next load of hay just because we want that uh, consistency. Um, our We... Uh, we had a nice round pen and we had what's called project creep. So if anyone's tried working in the rain, it's really nice to have a cover. So we have a big coverall over an additional 72 by 72 meter arena. So that's essentially a 20 meter circle that's covered as well as our main covered arena. Um, so we're, as I said, we're very fortunate to have all these different, um, it, you know, facilities on the property. So, um, and even as we house horse, horses, some are in in and out, few are in loafing sheds, and then others are in stalls, and we turn them each out to their own paddock every day. And uh, and that's that's been a good way to house horses and giving people some variety on how the horse thrives. Um, yeah, it's uh, always learning more. I know people who come to me and say they have 10 years experience. Sometimes it's one in years experience 10 times. When you do horse boarding, in one year you get 10 years experience because you have so many different horses here. A lot of things going on. So I, know I think people can find for you. other disciplines. Yeah, that's big, big, big. I me. would agree. All like breeds, all disciplines. Yeah, I agree with you yeah. on that. So um, I know people Absolutely. can find you on our CHA website, CHA.horse. How else can they find you? What is your website and your social media? Yeah, our website is something, um, it's a living document, which we appreciate. So if you just go www.twincreeksranch.com and that's, uh, so it's uh, www.twincreeksranch.com. If you Google Twin Creeks Ranch, um, you might get about eight or 10 in <laughs> British Columbia, but it, we're in Aldergrove. So you just look for Aldergrove Twin Creeks Ranch when you're a little search, Google search and you'll find it. Um, yeah, I, I find there's lots of pictures there. It looks beautiful. Um, bios on, on ourselves. It looks yeah, beautiful, it yeah. lovely. We're in a really good spot. Yeah. So I really thank you for the opportunity. Um, I, I do enjoy 
um, teaching, and I love an organization that just builds up and equips and empowers teachers and instructors to become better. Um, because if we don't become better, we just become a little stale. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I loved your quote where you said a lot of us teach in isolation because we sure do. We teach in isolation. And so it's yeah. so nice when we get together and hear new ideas. So thank you, Cindy, so much for being on the show today. We really appreciated having you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, I love teaching and uh, I love the horse. And what a great uh, job to have to put them together. I feel very blessed. Well, some great guests there. Thank you so much, Christy. You always bring good guests. It was a fun day. Thank yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, it almost made me want to go on a pack mule ride with him. Um, I'll tell you, and he's absolutely right. It costs less than $1,000 to pack out into the wilderness for five days. All your food is provided, all the horses, the tack, the equipment, everything. I mean, it is literally like a vacation that's cheaper than if you actually pack in the wilderness, plus you get to learn. Hmm. Let's well, see. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm thinking? It could be a good auditor trip. Ah, wouldn't that be fun? Get a bunch of them together to do that. And you're right, the price is right. And you oh, get you so get good. something for it other than other than uh sore butt. Right. You can actually get certified. And right. you can be in a, a just get certified just as an assistant. So you'd still even get that if you're not up to speed on your high lines and picket lines and all that to be able to really just get a sit- level one, two, three, or four, but just a, even an assistant to help others and learn and be a part of it. And you know, just somebody also to just just uh <laughs> it's somebody to just, or it's a way to learn how to do the overnight stuff that you've never done before. Correct. So, yeah. There's a yeah. lot to it. Yeah, that's really cool. We uh, we need to talk about that off air, okay? Okay. I, I think, think, that I think that's an interesting idea. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us next month in December. We're going to do something special because it's the holidays and, you know, nobody wants to talk serious stuff the week before Christmas. So we're going to do something fun, aren't we? We are. So on Wednesday, December 15th, we are going to have our show and it's going to be a call in fun show. And it's going to be just we're so excited about it. So we will share more information on our site. We'll share more information to CHA members and on the auditors page, I'm sure. And we're going to do it through Zoom. So all of you should be able to do it. Uh, You can just join in. You can listen to us record and do all of that and hang out. And then uh, we can bring you up to say a few words. It's just going to be kind of a free for all, which I think is going to be fun. You know me. I like free-for-alls. So, all right. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow with Jamie. We'll be here. And also, if you want to find all the links that we talked about today, there were a lot of them with all the different guests. Uh, uh, They're in your show notes right there on your phone. Just uh, scroll right or left or up or down, and you'll see all the links. You can just click click on them right away. We don't expect you to remember them all. But there's one link you should remember, and that is... C-H-A-dot-horse. I didn't think you were going to jump in there. I thought I set you up so perfectly. I just had that, you know, passionate <laughs> pause ahead of time. <laughs> or you can go to horsesinthemorning.com for all our past episodes. Or go to horseradionetwork.com for all 20 of our shows. We appreciate you listening. Bye, Christy. Bye, Glenn. <laughs>